Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello there. Welcome to uh, the second week of August already. We're getting ready to start high school sports. We already are in the midst of the golf swing. It's soccer this week. High school football starts next week. It's a big couple of weeks for uh, things going on in the area and a lot of football tonight here on the show. Reese Verhoff, the uh, spectacular kicker from uh, Columbus Grove, stops by and talks about kind of his journey throughout uh, how things have been for him and the recruiting trail and about what you can expect from the Columbus Grove Bulldogs and Andy Schaefer's crew this year. And we talk Ken football with Zach Turner, the uh, head coach, in his first year of the Kenton Wildcats, and his first year is going to be interesting because of everything that kind of happened. He was an assistant. He's a Kenton graduate. He's part of a high-flying offense when he was there, and I don't know if you'll expect this, but Kenton is going to throw the football, and they're very good at it. Uh, those two coming up here in just a few, but girls' basketball news, I think, kind of dominates the uh, skyline around the area. Classic in the country, the uh, tournament in Berlin at Berlin Highland High School, the now six-time state champions put a host to uh, that uh, event every Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. This year takes on a local flavor, January the 15th at 2 o'clock. It'll be the Ottawa Glendorf Lady Titans in their second trip. Uh, they dismantled a, a team from uh, Massillon and Tussle the first time they were there, something like 26 to nothing before the uh, Mustangs got their uh, first score in that ball game. Uh, Ottawa Glendorf this time around drew Tri-Valley in a game that'll be the third or fourth game on that Saturday, WZOQ Radio, where you can hear that and uh, find it on Facebook as well for that game. I'm always excited, not only because they have amazing food up there in Amish country, but because it is an absolutely amazing event. Same weekend as Flying to the Hoop, and the uh, Fort Lormie boys are going to have an invitational that weekend. Uh, I hope everything stays at least somewhat sane between now and then so we are able to get this in excited about what OG can do this year obviously kind of biased doing their games but I think they're going to have a terrific crew coming back off a state run this previous year girls and boys uh, golf kicked off this week boys action Liberty Benton beat St. Mary's by a shot beat Anna by five to win the Salina Invitational at the uh, Salina Links Kalida finished fourth Shawnee finished fifth Andrew Moore was the uh, medalist with a 71 heck of a way to uh, open up the season especially if you're a rough rider at your opponent's home course. Boys Golf, Bakkins set a new school record dating back to 2000. They shot a team 320 at the Dayton Christian Invite. Defiance boys in high gear. Jaden Jerger with a 36 as they beat Wapakoneta by 16 shots in their WBL opener in their dual match. This week, Shawnee beat Elida by eight shots, a one and two to win the Rob Contini Lima City Invite. Alanis finished third, Minster fourth, Bath fifth. Carson Harmon from Elida went four under, 68 to win that event. Basketball news, Dakota Mathias originally set to play with Xavier Simpson as part of the L.A. Lakers in the uh, Summer League games taking place in Vegas this week, covered by my good friend John Fanta. You can hear from him way back a handful of times on this podcast. But Dakota's going to play for Utah after his uh, camp not that long ago. More Lima basketball news. Taryn Sullivan from Bath is going to play for the Arlen Dragons in Quackenbrook, Germany this season. Good luck to him. Track and field news. Finley's Jared Kraut will replace former Columbus Grove standout Blaine Mag as the uh, track and field coach. Mag saying he's resigning after a handful of uh, 
Coach of the Year honors to pursue a, uh, pursue a career in civil service. New Knoxville made a couple of uh, news tidbits this week on the show. First of all, they hired former DeBreeman Cardinal standout and Lake Superior State guard Carson Monger as their boys' hoops coach. He was actually an assistant last season at Bowling Green State University for the women. Kind of a cool little thing. He'll come home, and now I, I want to ask him, what's that going to be like the first time Knoxville and Bremen play each other, given that he's from one and he coaches at the other? Kind of interesting. Knoxville's senior volleyball standout, Carson Henschen, verbaled this week that she's going to uh, take her talents to the collegiate level at Duquesne University. And I talked about high school soccer, a couple of uh, PCL teams in action this weekend, Miller City. Does a, a double at Napoleon. The, both the boys and the girls will play against the Wildcats in Napoleon on a Friday. And Toledo Christian will go to Kaleida on the 13th to kick off high school football. The girls will have Ada at home in Kaleida. And a uh, terrific pitch. A handful of soccer previews already uh, done for the year. You can check it out, michaelhearn.com. Kaleida is one of those Kaleida girls along with the uh, Spencerville boys and the Audeville boys so far. Those will all run in the uh, preview section in about a week and a half or so of the uh, Delvis Herald. Buy a newspaper. Just read all the great things that these people are putting out and uh, all the great publications that do so much great work to support high school sports. Also, the uh, Touchdown Publications magazine we talked about last week with Lynn Grohl, the editor, uh, is out. I read a handful of the stories, and there's so much good information in there about teams coming up. I can't wait for high school football and uh, just everything that comes along with that. August the 20th, St. Mary's kicks off. It's about 6.30 on the uh, pregame show on K94 as they take on the London Red Raiders at Bolas Field in London. About an hour 50 trip. That's uh, things going on. We'll talk more about that next week. Hopefully get some... Uh, Cross-country previews, maybe some soccer as well. Some coaches on this show. When we come back, we'll talk to Columbus Grove standout Reese Verhoff and then Zach Turner, the head coach of the Kenton Wildcats. Hey, Bearcat fans. Special Row Hardware is your local hometown hardware store. Located at 115 North Broadway Street in Spencerville, Special Row Hardware can assist with any painting with their full line of paint and custom tinting. Also stocked with the highest quality power tools, you can reach Spencerville Hardware by calling 419-647-4468. Plan your trip by checking out their e-catalog on SpencervilleHardware.com. To place your items in your cart and have the order emailed to the store and ready for pickup. Spencerville Hardware is open Monday through Friday, 8 to 6, and 8 to 3 on Saturday. Spencerville Hardware Store, 419-647-4468. Did you know the Hegemeyer Tire Service on 120 South Walnut Street in Van Wert is under new ownership? Be sure to stop in and see new owners Kevin Price and Jared Hartman today for all of your vehicle service needs or give them a call at 419-238-2140 to schedule your next appointment. If you need tires, then you need Hegemeyer Tire Service at 120 South Walnut Street in Van Wert. Hegemeyer Tire Service is a proud sponsor of Lincoln View Baseball and says Go Lancers! Be part of the family at Griller's Tavern in Columbus Grove. Griller's Tavern is family-owned, so they know what it takes to make their tavern a great place to bring your family. And a big menu with something for everyone, including sandwiches, wraps, hand-cut fries, and mouth-watering pretzel sticks. Come in for daily lunch specials, then come back after work for daily happy hour and live entertainment on the weekend. 
It's family time at Griller's Tavern in Columbus Grove. If you haven't been paying attention, I hope that you have during the summer, one of the names you'll see uh, climbing up the recruiting charts and the kicking charts is Columbus Grove's Reese Verhoff. And Reese, I mean, this is a great time for you. You get to put in all that work. You're so close to the season. But from what I hear and what I've read, you've had a heck of a journey the last couple of months on the recruiting trail. Oh, yeah, I have. You got uh, Marshall most recently, right? Yeah. How was that? Marshall was great. They're, they have a good campus, and their team, they're, I think they're rebuilding right now because they just got a new coaching staff, so it was really nice up there. According to your Twitter, their coaching staff's not very good at Jenga, from what I hear. Oh, uh, that was just uh, not just a one-time thing. He's pretty good at Jenga, Coach Springer is. You're thinking he let you win? Uh, I don't know if he let me win. I'd have to ask him. Well, now you've been on enough of these visits now, whether official or unofficial, to where you get to see the campus, you get to have lunch, you get to kind of know the program a little bit. How cool is that to have something a little bit different where obviously they put a little bit of time and kind of thought into it's not just the normal, you know, one, two, three step thing you do. Yeah, it's it's great, like, getting to, like, see these coaches and stuff and getting to talk to them. Like, I never thought from my freshman season of football and kicking, I would be where I'm at now. And going to all these colleges and stuff, like a dream. I mean, it's almost like vacationing for me. Like, my parents, they drove me everywhere, and we flew to a couple places. I mean, they're the real, like, MDPs in this situation because I couldn't die without them. Well, and it's kind of insane because I've heard it likened to being the pretty girl at the prom and that everybody wants to come up and talk to you, everybody wants to dance with you, and they kind of are – they have to be creative, I would think, to try to get your attention. Yeah. They they do. They like to tell you the situations they're in, and – like to show you around their campus which that's where they're going to get you the most because you see all their nice things and you're like man this is a good place to go and i'm gonna be straight up honest it's just crazy like i never expected my summer to go like this and it's been a dream now looking at it though i mean last year is a big hindrance on a kind of everything that everybody was doing you get all that momentum going into kind of last year and into last summer and everything just kind of comes to a halt. I mean, how was that for you? Uh, It's been crazy. And with how last season went, it's like now when I think about our last season, I'm like, man, we're seniors now and we have a, get the step to the plate. Like I said, to win girl and, I think it's going to come down to how we play this year. I think we'll be a solid team, though. Looking at last year, looking at this year, the disappointment of how that ends, I mean, that terrific senior class that you guys have go on the way out. Uh, I think about that game every once in a while. It's on TV, and it's kind of a replay. There's different points in that game where I remember thinking this could really go either way. Obviously, with... Gabe's injury, I mean, what's the thought in your guys' huddle at that point of, okay, we can still do this, we're just going to have to change our approach? I mean, Coach Schaefer even told us during the playoffs, he's like, 
we need the younger guys to step up because you never know when a big player is going to get injured. And that was a great example, the Coldwater game. I, I felt really bad for Gabe because that kid was having a heck of a season. And then the last game of his season, he gets injured. And it just, that's like the worst way to go out. But that's when, as a younger classman, you got to step up and be like, hey, it's your time to like run the show. And but I think having Gabe in that game would have been a big difference just given more threat on the receiving game. So, Well, and I remember thinking that I wanted to ask you about the way that game sort of plays out. The weather changes enough to where it seemed like you were having to kick a completely different ball in the first half versus the second, not just the wind and the, the change of direction, but just because, I mean, that game went through a little bit of everything atmosphere-wise. Yeah, that was, for me, that was a, a crazy game because there was one way I could kick and it would be like really good kicks. And then the other way, when the wind was in my face, I just, I couldn't do much. Like field goal wise, like my, probably from when I had the wind in my back, I could probably hit from like 53, 55, no problem. And then I had that wind in my face. I could probably only hit like 40 at most. It was just hard and it affects the kicker's momentum a bunch when you have weather conditions like that. What did you guys learn as a team coming back about that game, though, that maybe can help you get over that hump this year? That, like, anything's possible. I remember last year, nobody really, like, expected us to be as good as we were. Like, people like, oh, you guys are going to be a solid team. But in our eyes, we're like, yeah, we'll be a solid team, but we can prove to you that we can win a state championship. And we almost got there, and as being a junior class last year, going as a senior now, it's just like, hey, we can do it. I think we can do it. We just have to have the confidence and not think, oh, since we lost a good senior class, that we have to play down now and say we're going to be a bad team because I'm going to be honest, we where we need to replace a bunch is our line. We lost a lot of line, and I think if we replace that, we'll still be a really solid team. I think Andy has said that for about five years in a row now where – He's got a dominant set of guys up front, and it's always, if we can be pretty good up front, we can be pretty good. But I remember talking to him before the season last year and having seen you guys the last five, six, seven, eight years and thinking there's a lot of hype and a lot of pressure on the senior class, and for good reason last year, because, I mean, the success they have in football and basketball and baseball and track – there's a lot of hype about that, though, and and what does that do for your now senior class of trying to kind of say, hey, you know, we were here too, and we're a big part of this. Yeah, it it makes me like it does put pressure on my senior class because I'm going to be honest, that senior class last year they never failed, like they always they always rose up what they said, like our basketball team. We're going to go to state, went to state football team. We're like, hey, we're going to make the state, make the state. And then track wise, we had a bunch of guys go to state and track. And so as a senior now, it's going to be, it's going to be tough because we have to keep that same energy and momentum. And I want to go to this again because that'll make kids think, man, you just like need to believe and put in all that work because that senior class last year, they put in a bunch of work. And for our senior class this year, we put a, a lot of work into in the off season. And 
I don't just want that to like fail during the season. I want to have that be like, like positive for us and be able to have an amazing season again. Well, it's kind of interesting to me too, with the way that things go, you've got somebody a little bit different, but somebody you're familiar with lipstick this year with a transition to the NWC, get them at the end of September. I, 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 that's a cool thing that, I mean, that, you know, it doesn't always happen obviously with the way that your schedule kind of works out of, of having lipstick, but I mean, to now maybe be able to shut those guys down and do it for a, a possible conference title. That's gotta be pretty cool. Yeah. And my whole entire high school career, I'm Owen two versus lipstick. And I mean, every time I, I just like, I just want to beat them because it's, I have no hatred toward them or anything. It's just, I like just want to beat them because we've lost to them both years because we didn't play them last year, but, we lost them my freshman and sophomore year, and it was just like a painful loss because those were the seasons where we all went like seven and three because we lost those right in the beginning and like lost our confidence. And then we eventually went, all right, we're we're a good team, and then won like seven in a row. Which is a bigger motivator, though, beating Pandora Gaboa in the opener or beating Lipstick later in the year? Honestly, I don't know. Like every game to me, I just like, I kind of go in and just do my thing. And, like, I don't really, like, let pressure get to me and go, oh, man, this is a great team. Because, like, I've seen so many miracle stories where, like, teams that shouldn't be beating good teams beat them. I just really think it comes down to how you play. And a motivator to beat Pandora is just, I remember, like, my Pandora, I don't know why, it's always been my games where I missed a PAT for some other reason. And that's what motivates me to kick better pretty much against Pandora and a motivation against lipstick is just the fact that we haven't, I haven't beat them yet in my high school career. You mentioned a little bit about youth and you were talking about the young kids looking up to you and everything. Uh, tell me about how this comes to be about kicking with the youth kickers that are coming up because I mean, there's not always an easy way for, I, I guess for kickers growing up, I would think, and you would know about that firsthand, but I mean, for them to be able to have someone to look up to and be able to help or get help from, and, and I've seen the videos that you've been able to do that. Yeah, because around here, not everybody has soccer, because I originally lived in Dayton, Ohio, till like third grade year, and I played soccer like all, all year round in Dayton, and that's what kind of helped me for kicking up here. But, I mean, the reason why I like being a kicker is it shows kids that like kickers – it sounds like I think a lot of people those kickers are people too. And like it's, it helps kids realize that a kicker can actually change the game a bunch. Like special teams is a big part of the game. And no matter if you're a punter or a kicker, like you can change the field of like the, put the field on teams and get three points when your team's down by like two or something like you're a big part. And for example, like when I was a freshman, I would look like, I was tiny. I was probably like maybe just hitting a hundred pounds and I looked so tiny on the field, but in the end people would still be like be positive. I'm like, man, we've never had like a kicker like me. So they're like, Hey, if he's making us field goals and stuff, that's all that matters. And I like to motivate little kids and let them know that like being a kicker is fun. And it's interesting because Things for a kicker are completely different compared to quarterback, cornerback, and all those other positions on the field. 
Well, plus, every time you get the uh, chance to lay somebody out, Pat McAfee style, you've got to maybe smile a little bit. Oh, yeah. Kickers get their shine here and there when it comes to tackle. Haven't really had to worry about that, especially on kickoffs. If I can just put it in the end zone this year every single time, then I won't have to worry about that. But punting, you never know. Oh, it's that simple thing about if I just make a hole in one every time. Again, golf's a lot easier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't always work that way. Uh you, no. You're talking about growing up in Dayton. Is that would that make you a Bengals fan? Actually, I really don't have like a professional football team. I like I, I'm if I would like any professional football team, I don't know why. I like the New Orleans Saints. I don't know why. I mean, that's all right. That's a little bit of a, a rebellion. Everybody else would pick the other new in New England because of Goskowski or Vinatieri with the Colts or something like that. Did you have one of those guys who you said like, okay, that's my guy growing up? Not really. For one, I'm going to be honest with the Saints. I like their colors. So that just, I like the gold, black, and white. They like their uniform combos. And they had a couple Ohio State players on their team. So that's what made me like them more, like Michael Thomas. And so that's when I like started liking them. So. This year kicks off in about 18 days as we tape this. I mean, you go through practice, you go through scrimmages, you go through everything. How excited are you in Columbus Grove to get the season underway and show what you can do in that opening game? I'm excited because from where we came off of last season, like it, it was tough how we ended our season. But, I mean, I'm here for redemption and want to make it back to the state playoffs. And just like getting that state playoffs is what I want to do. And every single game, we got to take it one at a time. And I'm just really excited because – my senior season and like I'm really more confident with my kicking now and I gotta you know be like 100% is what I'm trying to do and see what I can do and help with my college recruiting process but as a team we're all excited because it feels like forever since we haven't played football ever since that cold water game if you play coach Schaefer in Jenga who wins uh I don't know I I ooh. Now you're making me want to bring Jenga to practice and play him. <laughs> I I will I would love to watch you and Andy play Jenga. You're you're on to something now. You're on to something. He's got I don't know. He he's got the age experience on you, but I I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm have, I might have to bring Jenga to practice one of these times. I I uh, wish you the absolute best of luck for you guys this year. I look forward to seeing what you can do and. I, I think there are a couple of people from what, things that I've read about maybe aren't aren't looking your way enough, but I I have a feeling you guys are going to prove them wrong this year. Yeah, I believe in our team. That's Reese Verhoff. Watch out. He's going to do big things at Columbus Grove this year. Uh, back here in just a minute. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well, then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. It's August now, and if you're talking about football in Ohio and in Northwest Ohio specifically, there's a good chance that before you get very far down that road, the Kent Wildcats will come out of your name. A switch for the first time in a while. Zach Turner, the first-year head coach now, but not a new name at Kenton. I mean, Zach, first of all, congratulations. And it's going to be a little bit easier for you in the transition in that you know the system. 
Well, first off, thank you for having me, and I appreciate you taking the time to speak to me and, you know, just talking ball a little bit. We're excited here to get started. And, uh, yeah, you know, coming in, definitely easier when you're assistant coach. You grew up in the program. You, as a little kid, you went to Robinson Field on Friday nights and watched the Wildcats, uh, and you remember all those, you know, legacy moments of the Kent Wildcats from 98 to, you know, 2001 and beyond. So, knowing kind of standard is here and, you know, knowing the kids and the background and how we operate definitely makes it an easier transition. Uh, anytime you're taking a new role, though, you know, you take on new responsibilities and, you know, how you're perceived and how you're looked upon is always different. So, you know, it takes a little bit of time just to adjust to that. And I think, you know, the biggest thing has been, you know, you become the CEO now. So all those little things that you didn't know about or maybe you knew about, but you didn't have to handle Now you have to handle it and you have to look at it and you have to look at it as what's going to be best for the kids, what's going to be best for the program, what's going to be best for our school and our culture all together here in Kenton. No, I was just going to say that part's been different, but, you know, understanding the background and, you know, what Kenton football means to people, definitely, definitely not a, um, something I didn't have to learn. Well, it's interesting, too, because we were just talking about you having uh, three young kids, and you finally get to, you talk about being the CEO, you got to get out of your house to go make actual decisions, I would think. Yeah, um, you're, you're not making any decisions in current household with uh, the little ones running around. They're either jumping on you or, you know, they want to go do something constantly. And um, when you are trying to get stuff done, it's usually about 1030, 11 o'clock at night, and you're, you're going through practice scripts, you're watching film. But anytime they're up, it's it's not gonna you're not gonna make any decisions uh, clearly or be able to think through them because they're they constantly want you know dad and want dad's attention and want to play ball or you know wrestle or whatever it may be. The good thing is they're still paying attention to you. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Every night when I get home, uh, we practice at night, so you know usually by the time I roll into our driveway, it's eleven thirty at night, and you know I always go up and take a night to them and once in a while they wake up and you know they're always excited to see dad and get dad a hug and you know that makes you know whether practice went great or it didn't go great or whatever may happen you forget about all that and you just enjoy that moment and you know fortunately they come up and they come to practice and they get to see the guys and they get to interact with the guys and the coaches and you know my wife was telling today she's telling her youngest one he's jace he's one she said jace you're gonna have a lot of uncles buddy and, you know, just that family atmosphere and, you know, hearing that and knowing, you know, how close um, the kids are to my kids and the assistant coaches are to my kids and my family is, you know, it's special. You talked a little bit about Robinson Field and I was reading some stuff to get ready for this. And, uh, it's true. You guys are replacing the scoreboard, right? We are. Yeah. Um, our athletic director, Brett Purcell, done a heck of a job going out and getting donations and working on that. and. You know, he's, he's built that um, that foundation to be able to go and get a new one. So we're excited for that. And, you know, they're in the process of doing it right now. I just assume that it's because in the last 25 years, you guys have reached the point limit that that thing will handle. <laughs> well, you know, that may be true. We have had a lot of great offenses here and a lot of great players. Um, you know, we're fortunate enough to have Grant Sherman back on staff and Justin Stallmiller back on staff and Bryce Backer back on staff who's been part of some of those great offenses that put a lot of points on the board. And, you know, we're hoping to continue that uh, and build off that success and, you know, make it our own. But, you know, 
try to carry on the tradition as best we can. And, you know, maybe that's the reason we are replacing the scoreboard. He didn't tell me the reason why. I just knew we were doing it. Well, somebody joked with me one time about it's because the uh, scoreboard, the old one, only counts by twos and sixes. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be. You know, we don't do a whole lot of uh, extra points around here or field goals, so that very well could be. So other teams kick field goals, they only get two points. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Or usually uh, they do two points for a field goal or an extra point, one point for a two-point conversion. I said, man, we may have to switch that. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, that's a hell of a home field advantage. Yeah, you know, we, we'll take the advantage however we can get it. Whatever we can get an edge, we're going to look for it and try to find that edge and use it to the best of our advantage. I, I think that's one of the reasons people say they don't like going to Robinson Field as a visitor. The other is because historically they haven't done well. Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of great, you know, coaches come through here. And, you know, Coach Moss and Coach Fackler, uh, they've just been ball coaches, guys who've invested in our program. And when, when you do that, you know, no matter where you are, if you're at Walpaw, St. Mary's, whatever, you know, we have a lot of great coaches in our league. And, you know, you see that every weekend and week out and, you know, you find out who the great coaches are from, you know, Keith Record just won a state title to, you know, Travis Moyer and, you know, now Bo Fry is going to take over at St. Mary's and you got Ken Schneider. I mean, those guys are great coaches and, you know, the wins come and just like we had it with Coach Moss and Coach Backler, when you have those great coaches at the helm, you know, you find guys find a way to win for them. Well, in your position, sort of interestingly, in terms of when you were going through the system and when you graduated to now, that you've been in the middle of all of those guys that you're talking about, whether it was playing for them or playing against them. You look at the WBL this year, and and it's pretty much a new league in terms of half the coaches have changed. Is is there any kind of benefit to that for you? Of you know, you don't have to maybe try to out strategize guys who have been there for twenty, thirty years. Uh. Yeah, maybe that's sense. You know, for me, you know, you always want to go against the best. And you always want to compete against the best. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be in a league that you face the best coaches week in and week out. I don't know if it's an advantage or disadvantage. I know St. Mary's probably isn't going to skip a beat with, you know, Bo at the helm. And Bo's grown up around football, so it's not like he, he's just walking into it for the first time. And, you know, you still got Coach Schreiner and Coach Rector's been around for a while. Coach Moyer, you know, from East Cyrus Winford to Walpox done a great job. And um, I think, you know, you just got to you gotta go and see week in, week out and not worry about, you know, how many years the other guys had on you. And, um, you know, maybe their prior success or whatever. You treat every week like it's a new week. And, you know, I'm in this seat for a reason. You know, God put me here for a reason. So I got to go do the best with it. I mean, Fortunately and unfortunately for me, fortunately as a competitor for me, I get to open up against Coldwater and the Kent Wildcats get ahead up there. And, you know, we're going to face a Hall of Fame head coach. You guys won a lot of state titles. So welcome to the big leagues for me. And, you know, you got to embrace that challenge and look at his way. How do we get better? And how do we get put our kids in the best opportunity to compete week in and week out? Now with that opportunity on the 20th, you get a month, obviously, or three weeks at this point before you start conference play. But that's not an easy thing to go into cold water and not only win, but perform well, you get something a little bit different. Here's an extra challenge for you. You lose Lane Houston, you lose Jaden Cornell, you lose Zach Sweeney. I mean, how much is the two scrimmages with Laura, me and Benjamin Logan coming up a chance for you to sort of retool and find out what you're going to have. 
Oh, well, losing those guys, you're never going to pull every play. They were, they were great players. Uh, they played the game the right way. They were tough kids. And, you know, going into these two scrimmages, we got to figure out what can we do well, what don't we do well, and how do we put our kids in the best position to be successful. And, you know, going to cold water, you know, it's a great game for us. You you know, as competitors, as I said, you always want to compete against the best. And we're in place one of the best small school uh, football teams in America, not only in Ohio, but, you know, you break it down. I'm not sure many teams have had the success all across the United States for high school football as a small school as Coldwater has. And, you know, they have a great staff and their kids come and they practice hard and they play hard and they play the game the right way. So, you know, finding ways to not hurt ourselves, finding ways to capitalize on, you know, opportunities we may have. It's going to be the key to that game and, you know, going to be the key to our scrimmages. You know, can we do things the right way? Can we line up the right way? Can we come off the ball the right way? Can we play the right way and play to the best of our ability and maximize our football team each and every week? The season obviously opens up on that big note with cold water, but I always look at kind of, you know, the media thing of pick out certain things. A three-week stretch, you go to Wapak, you have St. Mary's at home, you go to Van Wert. I mean, thanks, schedule makers. Yeah, um, no, definitely, you know, three teams that are going to be really good. You know, one's the defending state champion. Uh, St. Mary's went to the third round of playoffs last year. And, you know, Walpock, you know, they have a great senior class coming back. They have a quarterback coming back who's really athletic and a really capable player. And they have a great coaching staff. So, you know, it's definitely going to be a three-week stretch. But, you know, it's something we're looking, you know, when it comes time, we'll look forward to embracing the challenge and taking it on. And, you know, that's the WBL. Uh, that's why it's one of the best leagues in Northwest Ohio and probably in the state of Ohio for, you know, our, you know, division range. You're going to face great coaches. You're going to face great players. And you got to, like I said, embrace the challenges and go in and game plan and you know, put yourself in the best position you can to come out on top. Did you guys have some sort of chicken dinner fundraiser to raise money for all the gas that you're going to use for your schedule this year? Yeah, we're on the road a lot, um, especially <laughs> at the beginning. So, you know, it's nice towards the end you get to, you know, come home and play at Robertsville the last two weeks. But, you know, the first couple of weeks, we're, we're putting some miles. Uh, and throughout the year, we're putting some miles. We get some of the longer away games on our schedule. But, you know, on the flip side of that, next year we get to be home a little bit. So it, it always comes back around and kind of evens itself out. But, you know, we'll have to embrace the road warrior mentality early on. Well, I always kind of laugh about that because obviously I joke about the schedule makers, but the schedule – for the WBL flips upside down every couple of years and then you go home and away. But I mean, just kind of the way it laid out, they're not easy trips, Coldwater, Wapak, Van Wert, Salina. It's not exactly as if that's, you know, you're going to bath right down the road. Yeah, no, um, they, uh, they wanted to trust me a little bit. My first year, I think they were seeing how much they can get out of me. So, I think you've got you know, we'll all of that on. working on you. I mean, plus your scrimmages at Ben Logan. Yeah, and Ben Logan's not too far from us. It's about 35 minutes. So. Well, I guess I look not, at it as it's not close to me. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a little ways from you. Um, not too far from us. It's right down the road. It's just in the next county, so about 35 minutes from I joke when I ask this, but I don't know if people are going to be surprised by this answer. Are you guys planning on throwing the ball at all this year? Oh, yeah, we'll throw it around, <laughs> you know, we won't shy away from that. That's, you know, kind of our MO and what our kids enjoy doing. So we'll definitely throw the ball around and 
do whatever we need to do to help us win football games and be competitive. I joke about that because I always find the dichotomy of doing St. Mary's games when St. Mary's and Kenton play each other because it's kind of that test of wills. And Doug Fry has talked about this numerous times with me about, you know, who imposes their game plan on the other. When St. Mary's comes to your place, especially, they want to try to run your grass down as low as it can get. And you guys just want to hurry up and say, you know, you can control time of possession. We don't care what time, what score, what down it is. We're just going to put six on the scoreboard. Yeah, it's just kind of that old school basketball mentality, right? You know, we're trying to control the ball or control the tempo of the game, so to say, and the momentum of the game. So, when you, you know, you have opposing style, you know, it definitely comes down to whoever can, you know, execute and run their game plan the best way that possible. And, you know, momentum is a heck of a thing in high school football. And you got to try to keep the momentum and, you know, keep your you know, fans behind you. And, you know, just ride the wave as best you can. I know the stock answer is the next one, week one right now, but, I mean, is there a team where when you took over you were excited to go against their head coach? No. we have. Well, there's going to be a lot of great head coaches we get to compete against this year. So, you know, looking at all of them from Chip Otten to, you know, Keith Record to Travis Moore, Ken Schreiner, Bo Fry. You know, you go all the way down the WBL. There's a reason all guys in our league are head coaches for, you know, for their ball clubs because they're great coaches and, you know, they know what they're doing and they spent time studying the game and, you know, investing in their kids. So each and every week is going to be a challenge. And, you know, we're just going to go out and, you know, try to maximize our ball club every week. And I can't focus on who we're competing against or, you know, the guy across from me every single week. I got to focus on my ball team and, you know, getting the best out of them and the most out of them and maximizing their talents and their, their, their abilities to give us a chance to win, whether it's, you know, Coldwater or, you know, Elida and, you know, Kyle Harmon's done a great job up there. And, you know, you you, you got to focus on you. It's always you versus you. And, you know, I do enjoy competing against the guys in the league, but at the same time, I got to take care of, you know, what's in my backyard and focus on that. When you uh, look at your team and about the preparation you've done in the off season. How do you feel about your team going into your first scrimmage tomorrow at Fort Loramie? We've had a really good summer. Our kids worked hard. Um, we've had a pretty solid week of practice, and you know we're able to show them a little bit what you know what we need to prove on. And but at the same time, there's a difference when you go and compete against another team. So you know I'm excited to see how they go out and how they carry things from the practice field to the game field. And you know I just want to see their effort, their intensity, uh, playing together. You know, doing the little things right, that's what we want to see. So I'm excited to see, you know, some of that come to light and, you know, ready to fix the mistakes. And at first, before anything, I'm a teacher. So we got to teach, you know, and correct the mistakes and go from there. But I'm excited. I think our kids have worked hard. They put in the time. I think they're ready to go, you know, line up against a different color than the red and white. The good news is you don't have Mac Fortman on the other side trying to kill your quarterback. Yeah, he was a heck of a player. Um, Fort Laramie's had some really good players the past couple of years, but you know, if I know one thing about that, you know, neck of the woods, there's there's kids waiting. Um, they're not bare by any stretch, so I'm sure there's you know another guy he's going to line up across from us who has the same mindset and the same mentality and the same ability level he does. So you know, they're always going to reload. And Spencer Wells does a great job with those guys, so I know they're going to be ready. They're all also angry, I think, a little bit about how their season came to an end last year at home. But uh, when you look at your team uh, going into the season, 
who are some guys that everybody maybe doesn't know right now, but they will by the end of the season? Uh, we have a really good senior class. Um, they're not a lot of them, but they're they're really solid. And the guys we have been really good. You know, Zach Hines is a name you probably heard quite a bit of. He was our linebacker the past couple of years. And, and guys like Burt Grubbs and Jared Jolliffe and Andrew Fox and Caleb Hirschberger have all done a great job. But, you know, looking at next class, the juniors, we have a guy named Trevor Robinson who's playing DN for us. He's done an outstanding job this summer. In the first week, Tyson Lawrence is going to be our offensive side as a receiver and Cooper Johnson. They've done an outstanding job. And then we have a defensive lineman named Jacob Kennedy who's done an outstanding job. So those are some juniors that, you know, we're expecting big things from with our seniors. And, you know, we're having a few other juniors sprinkled in and some sophomores and just finding guys who want to compete and want to be competitors. Well, I wish you guys the best coming off a five and four year last year in the oddity that was that season. But uh, I I expect you're probably going to do some big things this year. Oh, uh, we we hope so. That's our goal, and you know our goal is to go and maximize our ability to the best we can, and you know learn along the way. It's going to be a, like I tell the kids all the time. It's not only the learning curve for you guys, you know, with installing some new things and doing things differently as far as you know the program goes, it's a learning curve for me. Sometimes I got to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, you got to be a problem solver. So definitely going to be a lot of learning, but I'm excited for it. I'm excited for our kids. And I'm excited for the opportunity Kansas City School gave me and, you know, just the ability to make an impact on these kids and this community every single day. That's my goal. Well, I'm always excited to head up to Robinson, not necessarily for the drive, but just kind of I love being able to call a game there, uh, even though Jim Holman's there just kind of hanging out in the box. Yeah, no, without a doubt. He's definitely an interesting guy. He's a great guy. Um, he, he's, he's a mainstay here in Kent, Ohio. Well, it's kind of funny because I asked him, I said, you know, are there a handful of things that you have or that you would ask Zach? And he gave me a list. And almost bullet to bullet point, it was the exact same list I had for you. So I don't know if that's good on me or bad on him or how that works. I think that's just great minds think alike. Well, I told him a dangerous minds and not that terrible Michelle Pfeiffer movie. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, best of luck to you guys this year, and uh, I'm, I look forward to seeing you in October. Yes, thank you, Michael. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and talk about the Kent Wildcats, and we're excited for it. That's first-year head coach Zach Turner of the Kent Wildcats. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on American Road. Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. And as always, a big thank you to Lee Kinsel and for Big E for everything that he does for high school sports. He's got a batting cage in the backyard, a kicking tee, the uprights, and just 
so much positivity. You can check them out on West Urban Road in Van Wert or at LeeKinsel.com. I can't wait for the fall season. Just uh, in the middle of it, a handful of uh, volleyball games, a lot of soccer games, and some football on a Friday night. All of that, as I said here, is just 11 days away. After a trip to uh, Pennsylvania with the fam, uh, come back, get ready, and I promise you big things coming, big guests coming up on this show. A big thank you to Reese Fairhoff and Zach Turner. Both are going to do uh, do pretty well this year in the uh, NWC with, of course, Lipsick coming over and also the uh, WBL. I, I'm excited to head to Robinson Field. I love calling games there in the month of October. All of that, uh, Rough Riders on K94, and then Columbus Grove, you can find them on Z Sports Live pretty much all season. That's what I have for now. I bid you adieu, but thank you for listening. Stay safe, be smart wherever you are, and I'll talk to you next time here on Around the Hearn. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.